We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. A ton of things going on in the world of the NBA. We've got the NBA draft. We've got Celtics Heat game one to discuss. We've got some rule changes coming up. A lot of stuff to get into. Teams already talking about trades, maybe moving picks, plenty of things to break down. So we're going to dive into it. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Keith Smith joining me at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, first and foremost, I got to say front front officers, front runners, whatever we want to call them. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm a little bit disappointed. No one commented on our last video about the little extra surprise I threw in at the end of our video. Are we not watching all the way through to the end? What's what's happening here? I, did I miss it? You I, missed it. I didn't even tell I you I was know. putting it in here. Oh, what was it? <laughs> Do you remember was it your, the dog? Yeah, you remember your dog's cameo <laughs> appearance? Yes, <laughs> I, I threw in your dog's cameo at oh, the at I the very that. end, and no one mentioned it in, in our comments. I was. I was a little bit saddened by by that. I'm sure some now people I'm saw. Go it, look, yeah, <laughs> it's for sure. <laughs> oh man, he is a handful. He uh, if he keeps acting the way he's acted the last couple couple of days, he may be the former dog. Uh, he's, he, he's been a problem. <laughs> oh so, no. Well, you know, before okay. before we go too far into our show, because I do want to start getting into the the NBA draft stuff. I want to remind everybody tonight, uh, Mavs. Oh boy, Mavs Warriors. This is going to be a lot of fun, and we are going to be live streaming this game. You can come watch it directly with us. Use the link in the comment section here on YouTube. We're going to put it well in the description. We'll put it right in there. Come join us. We're going to be live again. We'll be displaying the game for you, so you can watch it directly with us. Don't have to have it on your TV or anything like that. Come watch the game with us. Keith and I will be doing our play-by-play. We'll be taking questions and comments throughout talking hoops it's gonna probably be probably more of the, the second more of the second part play, yeah play, that's, play, but that's fine we're gonna have fun it ends up being you kind of you watch the game and you get to chat with keith and i as we as we all watch the game together and we'll talk basketball and uh and have a good time so come join us tonight for that over on playback and use the link in the description below all right yes. let's get into the nba draft so the draft lottery yeah. happened last night um would, would, I mean, pretty typical draft lottery as far as, you know, a, a lot of buildup and then they kind of unveil the envelopes and yeah. and, and, off, and off you go. Um, it's, it's my my wife said the only thing that is more silly buildup for like less was the World Cup draw. 
which oh, was yeah. uh you know i mean that thing was drawn out i mean it is my favorite silly thing that the nba does every year is this uh um, you know, they, they, they draw the lottery out, they, they get out there and they make a half hour show out of a process that in reality, in the back room that they don't show, uh, takes about five minutes. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love it. It's, it's nonsensical and it's my favorite made for TV, made for, yeah. made for TV. Absolutely. Um, so I guess let's, let's not bury the lead here. The Orlando magic Cong- congratulations, get the number one overall pick. Uh, Magic fans have got to be got to be happy about that. Now, what do they what do they do with it? Yeah, we're gonna see. There's the 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 thing with this draft. There's no consensus number one player. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's you'll see different mock drafts. Are they're coming out now that the the order is set? Uh, I've seen some Jabari Smith. I've seen some Chet Holmgren. Uh, there's a couple people still saying uh, Paulo Bancaro is mm-hmm. the guy. Um, so. You know, reality is you're, you're going to get a pretty good player. Um, it's a little bit weird for the Magic, especially if it's, uh, you know, someone like um, uh, Holmgren or Ben Caro because they've already got a lot of bigs. Smith's a little bit different. He's more of a 3-4 um, with really good size, where Ben is more of a 4-5. Holmgren, I think he's going to be more of a 5 in the NBA, but he can still be a, a 4-5 kind of guy um, there. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be really – um, crucial for the magic to nail this pick. Um, one thing I do think changes with them not, it, it, I was fully going in prepared for the magic to slide back because that's what's happened to them several years in a mm-hmm. row. Um, and then to be in a position to say, all right, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, somebody like that. Now what's happened is by going up to number one, I think we're going to see the magic in a position where it's going to be, all right, we're going to get one of these, these, Big players, yeah. Smith, Holmgren, or Ben Caro. And then we're going to, I think they're now going to say, thanks, Mo Bamba. Good luck. Moving on. Because um, I just, I, I can't see the the thought process behind bringing him back unless they get him on a real sweetheart deal to, to stick around. Because um, otherwise you've got Wendell Carter, you've got whoever it is you're going to draft, and then you've got Jonathan Isaac, potentially, hopefully we'll see what that looks like coming back. And then you kind of go from there. So Orlando, if they do say goodbye to, and I agree, I think that that makes sense. They do say goodbye to to Mobamba. What does that what does that look like? Are, are we thinking they just say, okay, you're a free agent? Do they look to negotiate a sign and trade? What I mean, I think there's going to be teams interested in him around the NBA. If you're Orlando, are you good with just completely cutting ties and saying, okay, thank you, see yeah. you later? I think that's the direction it heads. And then they become a team that has the number one uh, overall draft pick and about $28 million in cap space that's- uh, the, this summer. And that's the, the way you, you know, push this thing forward and, and, and go forward that, that way. And you've, you know, and then, then, then you're building around whoever it is you pick Wendell Carter, Jr. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, um, uh, Jalen Suggs, obviously, um, Maybe Isaac, if he can get back, Franz Wagner, of course, um, who who was uh, uh, ter- terrific, um, you know, down the stretch. Only Franz, uh, or not that throughout the season. That's it, only Franz. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is fun times if if you're a Magic fan because you're you're gonna finally get the player you've you, they've they've kind of added a whole bunch of really nice players. Now you're gonna get the guy, mm-hmm. hopefully, at the top of this draft, and that's that's so important. Now. The Orlando, uh, I'm sorry, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they move up to the, the second pick. Yeah. 
Um, that's that's big for them. Now they'll have their options of whoever uh, one of the two guys that uh, that Orlando doesn't take, which is going to be fascinating mm-hmm. to see what they ultimately do with that. Uh, okay, see though, we talked about them a little bit yesterday. Their cap situation changes drastically pre-draft to post-draft. So even with this this number yep. two pick, I think they're they're we're going to see a lot of activity from the Thunder beyond just whoever they select with with the number two overall draft pick. I don't think they move this number two pick by any means. Um, I think maybe the number 12 pick that they have, mm-hmm. I think the number 30 pick uh, later in the first round, then they've, they've, they've got a second rounder. That's pretty high up there as well. I think those could all be in play, but I think this number two, um, sometimes number two is where you want to be when there's not a consensus number one player, because then, Kind of the decisions are removed for you a little bit. At least one of the guys is taken out of the mix. Um, but again, they're going to get a really good player. And that their, their front court is very, very much a blank slate. Um, but Lexi Pokashevsky is interesting, but he hasn't exactly popped fully yeah. yet. I mean, I'm not out on him by any means. Um, but I, I think you know, that's something you, you need to kind of watch through there. And then I think what you're really looking at, though, is find the guy who can be the running mate for Shejo Gilgis Alexander yeah. and Josh Giddy moving forward. And they, now they're in that position. Make make a couple moves to use up that cap space. I think that'll certainly happen um, before the draft night is over and we switch into off-season mode and that dries up. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they are now – not that they weren't before, but they are probably the number one team to watch here heading into to uh, this next month of draft lead up mm-hmm. um, because of all the different ways that they can go. Does Houston have the easiest decision in the draft at three? You mentioned that the three <laughs> bigs at the top, you just you, sure. you get whichever one is is still on the board and off you go, right? Yeah, they they might you know have the easiest decision because yeah, you're if if it's a three player draft like many are saying. You just take the one who's left and, and you move on. And and again, you're going to get a really good player and they're going to get a big. My guess is it's Boncaro because I think you're going to see Smith and Holmgren go one and two. And then I think what happens with um, Houston is if they get Boncaro, who's a four or five kind of player, you can then move on from Christian Wood in a trade, fill another roster spot, mm-hmm. get, get assets, picks, young players, whatever it is, and kind of keep growing this group around Green, Porter, Boncaro, Shingun. Um, that that really you know allows you to start putting some stuff together, and that's that that's a lot of fun too. I mean, these are three teams that are you know they're rebuilding. They need that talent infusion, and they're going to get it in this draft. And I think that that's awesome, you know, to to see. I love when you know uh, teams are kind of getting that that shot at bringing in guys. You know, now it's up to them to not do something silly and go completely you know off the board and and go nuts here. But you know, we'll we'll see. That probably that decision would fall maybe more to the next team uh-huh. given history, <laughs> the Sacramento <laughs> Kings. Um, they were the luckiest team in the lottery. They moved from seven to four. Um, so, you know, just jumped up uh-huh. there. Uh, Demonis Sabonis brought him a little bit of luck on the dais uh, there. And, you know, off we go with that. We'll, we'll see, you know, what, what they do. Uh, you know, right now the mocks are showing Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey. Um, we'll get a lot more into these yeah. individual players, you know, down the line as we get closer to the draft. Um, but, you know, Sacramento's in a better position than they would have been at seven. You know, I, I do want to jump back just real quick because we did have a news a oh, news sure, item yeah. on, on Houston. Uh, oh, we Houston do. general right. manager Raphael Stone said he he didn't dismiss the idea of trading the pick. He said, if other teams are interested in doing something, we're always available to listen. There's something that makes sense for both teams. It'll get done. 
I, I want to just kind of clarify because this is the kind of thing that gets people buzzing, right? Rockets are open to moving the pick. Something, you know, something's going to happen here. Every general manager, I don't care what pick you have, this should be your mindset. Even if you think, look, 99% chance we are keeping this pick. We're not moving it. We're going to pick. We like our guy here. That's great. You have to have this mindset of, hey, if somebody calls and offers us something stupid, we're going to listen, right? So sure. I, I think yeah. this is, is much ado about nothing, but it just, you know what? Maybe it, it sparks a few trade discussions and things like that. Probably Houston winds up keeping the pick, but just worth noting because I think that that's going to be out there. Yeah, that, that that's exactly it. And, and I think, you know, we've seen teams really kind of do their thing as far as uh, moving stuff and, you know, uh, moving up and down and in and out and those kind of things. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, you're absolutely right. This is the thing people are you know, all fired up over and, oh, we can't or we should trade or, you know, whatever they think. And the reality is probably nothing happens and they pick at three. But, yeah, you got to stay open for business. I mean, I go back to, you know, Danny Ainge traded out of the number one overall pick to get the third pick because everybody knew Lonzo was, you know, basically yep. carved in stone to go to the Lakers. And he still got his guy, Jason Tatum, at three and picked up an additional asset down the line. Um, so, you know, yeah, you, 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 you want to be open to stuff. And, and I think Orlando, OKC, just OKC's only thing is you, they, they absolutely 100% cannot do anything that involves bringing in more picks. That would just be completely <laughs> irresponsible. It's time to start adding to the talent base quality-wise versus quantity-wise. Sure, sure. Um, all right, let's see here. We've got all right. We've got the Sacramento Kings. Are they going to wind up with the Tyrese Halliburton replacement? Do you think that's that's the role that they look to fill here, perhaps with Jaden Ivey? Yeah, maybe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, maybe. I think, um, you know, they, they've got De'Aaron Fox, you've got Davian Mitchell. Um, you could use a, another kind of score alongside those guys. So, yeah, I th think so. I think that's definitely a possibility that that's where they go is, is to go with him. Um, okay. So then we move on and we've got and we've got this the, is the unlucky. Yeah, I mean, I, teams that all slow. I, I, I don't want to. I feel bad. Like the Pistons fell all the way back and I'm just looking, you know, heading into the draft. They were one of the teams that, that were right there with those flattened lottery odds. They had a 14% chance of getting the number one pick and they wind up sliding all the way to five. We know they've got cap space, cap space this summer. Look, we've seen teams find players later in the draft. Not this is late, but finding, finding players, sure. you know, midway through look, Dwayne Wade was the fifth overall pick, right? I mean, it happens. 
but you got to be a little bit disappointed if you're the Detroit Pistons that you didn't get one of those top three picks after the season they had. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I think you're looking at this and say, man, what, you know, kind of rotten luck because you would have been in position to add, you know, that kind of, again, that, that big scoring player alongside Cade Cunningham. The nice thing is, I don't mean this to insult any of the players on the Pistons, but it's a blank slate-ish roster because of Cunningham's versatility. You can play him at the one. At the two, you even put him at the three if you know if that that's the direction where you want to go. Uh, Sadiq Bay could play either forward spot. Isaiah Stewart, long term, maybe better to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there they 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 probably need another ball handler score alongside Cunningham just so it doesn't become one of these situations where he's got to do it all. Um, Jeremy Grant, we'll see what happens with the trade for him. But I mean, they're in really still in a pretty good position despite this rotten lottery luck. I was sliding backwards a couple picks, but you know, that that kind of is what it is. But again, you're still gonna be in position to get a pretty good player. Um, I'd keep maybe an eye on Shade on Sharp mm-hmm. there. Um, because I think um, you know, he's he's a pretty good athlete, pretty good shooter. Um, that could be, you know, something that that really, you know, kind of fits alongside Cade and gives him that that running mate for, for years to come in Detroit. But but we'll see how that all shakes out through the the combine and the workouts and all that stuff. Uh, uh, I don't know if you're on Twitter at all right now, Trevor, but, but Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN is absolutely spamming Twitter with the uh, measurements uh, of the players. It's like, you know, there's like a million of them coming out um, all all at once. So, uh, you know, that's been kind of, kind of fun to see. So yeah, if you, if you pull, pull it up, I mean, it is like just, you know, Lo- yeah, it's, lowest it's, body fat it's, it's, at the 2022 combine, yes. largest wingspan <laughs> differential. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's great, you know, so we're getting a sense. Mark Williams of Duke, seven foot two in shoes, uh, wow. measured out even bigger. So, uh, you know, than, than expected, he was supposed to be pretty big to, to begin with. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, um, that's, that's, I like him, man. I like that guy as a player. We'll, we'll see the ultimate work goes with that. But, uh, yeah, and then the last couple of teams I think we want to kind of cover here because they did sure. they did get unlucky. Um, the, the Pacers and Trailblazers both pushed back. Um, I think if you're just a fan of the game, um, them not jumping up makes it far more interesting because those are two teams that maybe could flip their picks yep. um, at, at six and seven for win now kind of moves. Um, we could see that. Um, we could even see, I think new Orleans at eight, make a move like that yep. um, where it's, you know, Hey, we're, we're well positioned. I mean, those are teams that new Orleans obviously was in the playoffs. That pick comes via the Lakers. Um, so no, you, you didn't have too bad of a night, I, even though you, know, you were involved. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't, I was, you know, I was worried that that pick was going to move all that. But again, I tried to look at it as though, look, it's gone regardless. It doesn't That's matter it. all that, yep. but still, man, I, I have felt a little sigh of relief, particularly because sure. I don't know if you saw on social media, but the Pelicans were really going hard at, oh, at, yeah. at the Lakers. I did. Which is, I, is, I mean, the, the Pelicans' <laughs> hate for the Lakers is an interesting thing. Um, but, yes, after seeing that, I was like, okay, well, at least it didn't move up to the number one pick or, any, or anything <laughs> like that. Sure. So now I think what we'll, we'll, we're kind of lo- looking at here with, with these um, uh, teams in this range is these are all teams that you could see maybe potentially moving the pick to do something towards – all right, we're we're gonna try to push in to 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 rebuild. I think anywhere from Indiana back um, makes a lot of sense for those teams yeah. to say, 
yeah, hey, if the best decision is trade out of this and get get win now players, I think maybe that's that's the direction this goes, with the exception of OKC at twelve. But I, you know, I, I think that pick will be in play for other reasons um, there. But yeah, you know, so now now it's mock draft season and workout season mm-hmm. and all that stuff is, is we know this, we know what it is. Um, I can go through and refine my cap space projections even better. Now um, there, I did, did change a couple things um, based off uh, the, the uh, mock up, draft uh, yeah. or lottery results rather. Yeah. So now I, I, I changed Orlando. I flipped them from keeping Mo Bamba's cap hold and now moving to being cap space team. Um, so we'll, we'll keep working on that as we get Intel and things like that and, and come up with that. And you, you can get it either here from us on front office show or in written form. If you're interested in that, I'm over on spot track. We'll have some updates over there as well. All right. Uh, the draft lottery was not the only news to come out of the night. We also got something, I think, I did a fist pump when this came across the my Twitter timeline, as I think a lot of people did. The NBA is working to eliminate the take foul for next season. I love it. I love it. They're going to make it a, a one-shot plus the ball foul, which is perfect. That's exactly what, just math-wise, that takes away the incentive of actually committing the take foul when you look at how many te- what how many points per possession teams generate and now makes it um, not something that you want to do in terms of, of taking that that foul. I mean, there'll be some situations where based on the player, if it's DeAndre Jordan at midcourt, okay, all right, I mean, teams are going to foul him. But in most situations, it is no longer a winning play to take that foul and stop the fast break that way, which is what we all want to see because fast breaks are fun. It's the most exciting play in basketball. We don't like that being turned into one of the most boring plays in basketball, which is no. a sideline out of bounds <laughs> situation. So... Good job, NBA. Please do this. Follow through. Get rid of the take foul. And here's the good news, too, is they are using the rule that it sounds like they're going to model um, the NBA changes in the G mm-hmm. League, and it all but has eliminated the uh, take fouls in the in the G League. So, um, yeah, it's big. I mean, if you're going to give up you know, a chance at a three-point plus possession, yeah, you know, go, go, you know, do, do it that way. I, I, I saw some people saying, well, it should be the exact same as the clear path. I don't agree with that. Cause I fast clear path, why you get penalized so harshly is you assume 99 times out of a hundred, the player's going to make it's the a layup yeah, or the right. dunk. And you, you, so you, you assume that's going to be the way that goes. And that's why you punish it so harshly in this case, it's not, it's it's a fast break. There's no guarantee they'll score. I mean, it you know, one of the good things to come out of the Celtics heat game was Aaron Neesmith broke up two fast breaks mm-hmm. with you know incredible blocks um there. So but that's it. Get it out of the game because we want fast breaks. So yep. we wouldn't have had those two great blocks by Neesmith last night or some of the other great fast break break plays we had if because guys are taking take fouls. Yeah, it's it's the same idea as as soccer. The reason why if you're if a defender is on the goal line and reaches out with his hand and stops the stops the shot, yep. it's a red card because you're taking away what would have been a goal. Um same yep. same idea here. You want uh, in terms of a a complete breakaway where it's a one-on-none situation and somebody catches up from behind and grabs them. That's that is you're taking away a 99% chance scoring opportunity there compared to just a, a fast break, which can be defended. Can be I mean your points per possession numbers are still very very high, obviously in transition, but there's still some doubt thrown in there. So that's why it's one plus the ball. So it makes a lot of sense. I like it. Let's follow through with that. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the midseason tournament 
Sounds like it's going yeah, to happen. It's coming. Um, going to be happening in a, in a couple seasons here. I, I'm curious to see how they ultimately put this together. I mean, the big the the gap that needs to be filled is how do you get the players excited? I think you can. Hey, yeah. we're playing basketball games. Fans will be excited. Fans will want to watch. Will there be some fans who who try to belittle whatever trophy or whatever is awarded from this? Absolutely. They'll say, well, it's not a real title, you know, because that's what fans do, particularly on social media. Mm-hmm. But I think fans will will watch it. How do you get the players to buy in and really compete with the end goal? If the ultimate prize is still an NBA championship, how do you get your top, top players to participate in this? I'm curious to see how the NBA addresses that. But it does sound like the midseason tournament is going to become a thing. It is coming, and like I said the other day, let's go with the Elam ending. Make it wild. Let's go. Yeah, well, I'm okay with that in the tournament. In the, just in the tournament. I've, just in the tournament. Yes, I've been very you know, outspoken. I don't like the Elam ending in general. Um, as long as you, yeah, you make it so that teams and players care, mm-hmm. then great. You got to give them some form of incentive beyond here's you know, some trophy you can do because I don't know that that necessarily really matters uh, to a lot of people. And, you know, some people jumped all over me like these teams really care about these in-season soccer tournaments like in England. Some of them they do. Some of them they yeah. don't. Otherwise, they wouldn't just, you know, I've watched enough of these games where, you know, these you know big soccer clubs, it's like they're, you know, top five, six guys. They don't play yeah. in these until they get, you know, in the lesser in the you know quarterfinals, semifinals and, you know, beyond. Then then they may may get in on that. Um, So that's the other thing. And then. I would like to see this somehow shorten the regular season mm-hmm. schedule down, you know, just, you know, whatever amount of games you think this is going to add, then let's, um, you know, cut the regular season down, you know, in conjunction with that. And off we go. We'll be in a really great, great shape. So, cause this is common, whether we yeah. like it or not. Now it's more about execution than, you know, it's ever going to be about doing it or Are not. Are you on the it. side of like it or not? Um, I tend to be more towards I don't uh-huh. like it because I don't think the execution is going to be very good. Um, so I'm just worried it's just going to be another thing that they're going to, you know, shoehorn in here. And it's just going to be, well, we still got to play all 82 around it mm. and those kind of things. So that that worries me. Is not, But if it's executed well, yeah, and I'll be honest, I, I wasn't just super huge on this idea of the playing tournament. Now I love yeah. it. So I'm perfectly willing to admit when I'm wrong. Um, and I'll probably be wrong. And I'll probably think it's great. And they'll be happy to have another, you know, fun yeah. event, you know, in the middle of the yeah, year. I'm definitely on the optimistic side um, with it. Again, I think you're right. I think the execution has to be done perfectly. I think you've got to figure out there's, there's a lot of question marks still around this, how they're going to pull this off. But I think, like you said, the playing tournament has been a big success. And I just think, you know, middle of January, getting to February, yeah, you get the all-star break, but I'm not a huge all-star game guy anyway. Like, it, it'll it be kind of nice to have something to, to break that up because it can be a bit of a grind. And so I think it just breathes some life into what can be kind of a, a slog or a slow part of the NBA season. So, But again, like you said, there's the potential here for this not to work. And and that's a little bit scary. The NBA has to pull this off correctly, otherwise they're opening themselves up for for ridicule. Speaking of which, yep. Speaking of ridicule, this is off topic. Oh, did you see the She-Hulk trailer, Keith? No, you didn't. I didn't. Even oh know my gosh! Out. Yes, no. it's out. 
I was so yesterday was without a doubt the busiest day I've had in months. I was locked in on basketball stuff all day and nothing but. Okay. The trailer is out and the all word right. on it. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Not good. It's it's not no. good. A lot of people are are, and I'll yeah. tell you, I thought I watched. Uh, people are complaining. The reason why they're complaining is the CGI. I watched it first on my phone, and then I had to pull it up on my computer to make sure I'm like, maybe it just looks this bad because it's on my phone. It's a smaller screen. I don't know, you know. And so I pull it up on my laptop too, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is looking a little rough here. So I. And again, I, it's not a finished product. I've got it queued up to watch as soon oh, as we're done. Okay, gonna, so gonna, so tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to do a little cliffhanger tomorrow. here. Tomorrow, yep. on tomorrow's Perfect. show, Keith is going to tell us his thoughts because my thought was, as excited as I am about the whole project, I agreed with the people out there on online on social media that are very concerned about the CGI and the overall look of it just not being up to par. So something, something that uh, we'll discuss further tomorrow when Keith's had a look at it. Did you see that they also tweeted um, it was a like a still photo from Echo? No, I didn't see that. Um, yeah, Marvel Studios put the first uh, look because they're already apparently filming Echo. Mm. So, but yeah, I will get in on the She-Hulk trailer. I'll get, give you my thoughts tomorrow in full. Uh, spoiler, I will probably like it because I like almost all things Marvel. <laughs> but, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe I won't. And then we'll really, you know, not, then we'll really have something to, something to get into. Speaking of things that people didn't like, were you okay with the Moon Knight finale? We never yeah. talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was fine with it. Yeah. I, I was too. It wasn't great. You know, I think their their problem right now is their their penultimate episodes are better than their final episodes. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit of a challenge, but it's you know, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was good. You know, it was fun. That's you know, mostly what I wanted is, you know, for it to be fun. Um you know, and I know there's a lot of people who aren't real happy with Doctor Strange either. They don't think it's it was very good, and I I highly enjoyed it. I thought it was you know a fun movie, and I thought it did what it needed to do. I think I think the single biggest Marvel problem right now is people are they're wanting everything to be more than what it yeah. is, and that's on you. That's not on them. Just because you keep building up that every one of these movies and shows is going to introduce five million new characters and storylines yeah. and all that, that's not really on on them. They they're you know they're telling the story the way they want to tell the story. Yeah. But very yeah. true. Very true. All right. Okay. All right. We put it off long enough. Let's let's, let's get into it. Celtics. Celtics and Heat. Um, is this maybe this is just kind of dumbing it down too much 
but because I know we can go much further into our analysis, but just watching the game, my big picture sense of it was in the second half, we saw not only did you know Miami execute well and give them all the credit and, and all that, I also felt like we saw, oh yeah, the Celtics are the team that played most recently and it looked like they ran out of gas. That I mean, that was that was a lot of what I attributed at least a decent part of what we saw in the second half too. It looked like the Celtics were tired and the Heat were the fresher team. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some uh some some you know truth to that. I, I think they they were a little bit worn down and a little uh you know um tired and you know but that's hey the Heat were the number one seed and they took care of business. So you know that that's your that's what you earn. It's in the regular season for everybody who says the regular season means nothing. Well, they had the easier path. They took care of that easier path and you know, they're, they're at home. So that, again, that's what you earn. Um, now I think the biggest thing was Boston looked great in the first half yeah. and they, some was the heat changed the way they started defending. They get a lot more aggressive. They really get a lot more physical and the Celtics just didn't match it. Mm-hmm. Part of that is, there are two guys who will really step up and help them match that. Marcus Smart and Al Horford weren't there. Weren't there. Um, losing Horford literally hours before the that game. That was a shock. It's just, yeah, I mean, that's just a, you know, that, that's just a hit that's going to be very hard uh, to come back from. So that's, you know, that that's something they're going to have to, you know, figure out and sort out. There's now reporting today that Marcus Smart is, you know, really going to try to play in game two. Um, we'll see, you know, how limited he is with the foot sprain and what that looks like. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where they had the worst quarter of basketball they've played in months. And um, and against a team as good as Miami, you're not going to get away with that. So a lot of things are pretty fixable. Um, there's not big things jumping out at me that are like, well, they have no answer for this. Um, it's game one. And mm-hmm. this was – probably is most likely to be a game they were going to lose as I've seen in a while in the playoffs and they, they did. So it's, you know, it wasn't that they lost. It was how they lost that is frustrating, but you know, this team's been resilient is bounced back to all, all year. So let's see what happens with this now as we move forward. I mean, it looks like Al Horford probably out for for game two. What did you think about Robert Williams? I mean, pick, it looked like his knee was bugging him there at the end. It looked like it was from contact. It was a, it was a calf cramp. It was a calf cramp. Okay, so there was, um, yeah, was they, clarification they, they, on yeah, that. Great. Yeah, he clarified that today. It was definitely a cramp. Um, no, nothing, you know, major uh, for him, you know, moving forward. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, I thought he looked great early on. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, that cramp and I think he just got tired and he ran out of steam late. And that's you know where where it landed. I thought that you know the the Heat they they really stepped it up defensively, and I think look this is a team that we have overlooked for a while, even though they're the one seed. And I think that was kind of their like reminder: hey, we we're a really good defense too. Um, they went out there and they they got after it. But I do wonder what it looks like with Marcus Smart there because you know not mm-hmm. to rip on him too much, but the eleven minutes for Neesmith, it, it felt like. Too, like it, it, the game felt too big for him out there. There were moments where he just looked uncertain. I thought those were some, especially on offense. Minutes. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, offensively, yeah. Uh, on defense, I thought he hung in really well. Sure. Um, but yeah, on offense, yeah, well, wasn't wasn't great. So yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, he he's just you know, and these this was the first time he's played meaningful minutes in over a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to forget that you're hard to remember, I guess. But 
we're already a month away from the regular season ending. So, you know, some of these guys at the end of these benches and Denny Mayudoka runs a short rotation, mm-hmm. eight, nine guys, that's it. So Darren Neesmith, you know, I, I don't think he was by any means any, you know, blame should fall on him because he, he did the best he could. But yeah, I'm very curious. You'll know, get Marcus Smart out there to see what he can do, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably their best matchup for Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, I, can, one thing I can 100% guarantee, he will not take 18 free throws in another game yeah. in, a, in the series. And this is not a complaint saying, like, that was garbage because it wasn't. There were a couple that were questionable. They're always going to be, sure. um, you know, when you take that many free throws. But for the most part, it was, you know, it, you know I thought it was perfectly, you know, even – Evenly called game. I didn't have any real, you know, there were calls here and there both ways, but I have any real issue with the officiating and the way that game was called. It just, you know, I mean, Butler forced the issue and did what he does. He's one of the best foul drawers in the entire league. I thought he did a really nice job getting to his spots and then hit some tough shots. I mean, he he put up 41, 9, 5, and 4. Nine boards, five assists, four steals, plus three blocks. I mean, he just stuffed the stat sheet, and most of it looked pretty comfortable for him um and part of that is just jimmy butler being jimmy butler he was just very smooth gliding over the floor doing what he what he needed to do getting to his spots um i would expect boston to do a lot more to try to limit him but he's on a tear i mean he's he's been fantastic he was the best player on the floor last night uh if he is the best player on the floor in the series the heat go through and that's going to be on i think jason Jason tatum to to match and not to say tatum was bad 29 points eight boards six assists four steals but in the second half jimmy butler really pushed down on the gas and so did the the heat and tatum kind of kind of wilted a bit in the second in the second half there we only saw eight points for him after a great start and part of that again is credit to the heat's defense so i think jason tatum and, J- and Jimmy Butler, that duel, who's the best player on the floor on any given night, will be really important in determining the outcome of this series. Yeah, no, without a doubt. That is spot on. I think the other thing I would say, too, is um, does Celtics need to kind of scrap their normal switch everything defense against some heat personnel, including mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, um, and go under and invite him to take those pull-up jump shots? especially the three-pointers because you'd much rather have him doing that than turning and just shooting over from you know 10 to 15 feet over Peyton Pritchard like that's not that's just not going to be a good matchup but you know I I will say this I think if Smart can play and he is this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Just pretty good. Like he's pretty close to his normal self. I think they have a great shot at winning game two. I just say it all got away from them at that one stretch in the third quarter where it really fell apart. And that was really, really bad. But hey, I know and I made the joke on you know Twitter as well as you know, hey Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you enjoy the rest of you know, despite uh-huh. that? What'd you think of the play? Right. And I thought that was just a thing people knew, but apparently that's like people are like, wow, people love that really, thing? I guess not huh. anymore. I mean I always forget too like I'm like probably twice as old as or more than many Twitter users at this point. So, uh, but anyway, 
I get it. So I'm not trying to be like, well, if, without that one quarter, because that quarter did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there's a lot of stuff that is very fixable for Boston. So still think this is going to be a really long series and going to be a good series too. Yeah. Yeah. Should be, should be a good one. And we should have a good game one between the Mavs and the Warriors tonight. So once again, come join us over on playback. Use the link in the description section. Uh, Keith, I think that wraps it up for today. No new breaking news. Nothing crazy coming out from Gavoni, right? <laughs> no, 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 nothing now. He, I think he's done. Tweet, yeah, 16 minutes ago was the last time he tweeted anybody's, uh, you know, uh, combine measurements. So yeah, it's a uh, you know fun, fun time, man. This is this is a great time of year. We get every, everything's happening all at once. Awesome. Let's go. Let's uh, let's have some fun with uh, with this game tonight. Hopefully, everybody comes and joins us for that. Make sure also over on Apple Podcasts, you're leaving us a rating and review. We've been getting some really good ones coming in over there on Apple Podcasts. Again, truly appreciate that. In fact, maybe we should read one. Sure. I think I think we should because there was one that I was looking at, and I was looking at it last night, and I went, oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, yeah, go for it. Let me see here. Let me see if I can get, get into it because it was, it was one that referenced Marvel as well. I don't think we've read this one yet. I reference Marvel as well as the NBA, which I think just sums up kind of the the, the show. The show. Here's sure. okay. Here's what it said. Uh, this is from Fun Size Lou. This is a fantastically educational show where Trevor and Keith explain all the NBA nuances related to cap space, player signings, free agency, etc. Pretty much all the non-sexy stuff of the NBA. Go elsewhere if you're looking for a show with outlandish opinions or hot takes, unless. It's Marvel Cinematic Universe related. <laughs> I give this show 10 out of 5 stars because this show is worth paying the luxury tax for. I like that. I like end. that one. <laughs> I like great. that one. That was that was a good one. Truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, anybody who goes over and gives us that 5-star rating, great way to help out the show. And then throw throw in something in, uh, in the review box. Let us know your thoughts on the show. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.